back, and with this time we have a guest, and it's NASCAR season, boys. For the first time this season, we get to talk to NASCAR, and we're joined by my good friend, Thomas. Thomas, how's it going? Going pretty good. All things, yeah. Loving it. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know we're, as Ian puts on his shades over here. So yeah. I got the aviators on. It's NASCAR season. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get to know Thomas a little bit here before we get to some NASCAR talk, but... Um, to kind of give you a little brief intro, Thomas is a longtime family friend of mine. Um, actually, our parents were yeah were, were friends long time long family before. friends before we were born. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then we end up actually moving to the to the same town um, and didn't even know that our parents didn't even know that they had moved to the same town. And then yeah, the rest is history. Here we are, like what thirty years like twenty years later. Not quite uh, thirty yet. Almost thirty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll get so. There. All right, so Thomas, I've got a fun little segment here for you um, that I'm hoping to do with all guests this year, and I'm hoping Ian maybe can come up with something similar for golf, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> and then and then we'll go over some more uh, hard-hitting kind of questions to get to know more about you. But so this is going to be kind of rapid fire. I want you to just come to say the first thing that comes to mind, and then it'll all make sense at the end. All right. Okay. So first question: favorite color. We'll keep it easy. Blue. Okay. Favorite number. Thirteen. 13 introvert yeah. introvert or extrovert mostly introvert introvert all right if you were to play need for speed which game which need for speed game would you play underground 2 love it great answer all right next one we got three picks tough free spirit or analytical analytical okay okay and then the last one if you were given a large sum of money but you can only use it online, what would you purchase? Uh, Dodge Viper and have it shipped to me. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. That's going to be interesting. All right. So here's yeah. what you here's what you were doing. Here's what you were doing. So this was kind of like a Mad Lib special in a way. I could tell. Yeah. You were you were building your car. Okay. So. Okay. You're going to be rolling in, in a. Let's see. We're going with. I don't know when I said a car too. Yeah, you do, which makes it a little more difficult because that was supposed to be the sponsor. So I guess your sponsor in this case is Dodge, which is kind of yeah, strange. Okay. Um, so your car is going to uh, be. Did Casey Kane have a Dodge by sponsor in the nine car? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah you're, you're right. right. Yeah, right. He was with Everton for a too. while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so it's... you've got a you've got a Dodge, or sorry, Dodge is your sponsor. It's going to be a blue car. It's going to be the number thirteen. Since you picked introvert, you're going with the standard centered number. Uh, since you picked underground, you've got an underglow, and okay. since you since you went analytical, that makes you a Toyota. Oh, good. So we got a Dodge sponsor <laughs> on a on a Toyota car. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Well, Dodge doesn't have a a ride. Yeah, they got a sponsor. They got to get in there somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe we can find a, someone on Reddit to to build like an iRacing form of this car, and we can post it on our Twitter. <laughs> that'd be fun but we got the the thomas special there so he into new golf clubs for his you build a new driver yeah somehow to, you had to build a golf bag out of that it's gonna be your your guest special yeah everyone's just gonna have the stealth though because that's like the only thing that people want these days <laughs> i don't know if you've seen that yeah really oh yeah uh, so okay so i guess the uh the answer to the the one question you're probably confused about was the tough free spirit analytical i was going off of the the manufacturer's mottos so you got Ford Tough. Oh, okay. You've got. Oh, that's that's che good. Chevy is um, find new roads, so free spirit. Yeah. And then Toyota was. What is make something happen or? Sense. Yeah. I forgot what theirs was, but somehow I came up with analytical. Oh, let's go places is theirs. Yeah. Go places, yeah. So basically, right. make something happen. You nailed it, Ian. All right. So. Uh, all right, so now we'll go. We'll go to more Next. some more questions that are to get to the other you. But that was just kind of a little fun exercise that I thought of. Um, so first question I got for you: What's your earliest memory of NASCAR? But for you, I'm going to extend it to: What's your earliest member of motorsports? Because I know you've got a little bit bigger background than just yeah. NASCAR. Um, me and my brother went up to Martinsville with our family for the modified race, and like I was maybe like seven. And we there's like a picture of us on Facebook somewhere still of us just sitting in Jamie Tomato's uh, hauler eating Doritos, and Nick was still wearing a Patriot shirt. So, uh, yeah, I, I can believe it. I you're gonna you're gonna cut that out, right? 
<laughs> no, they'll, they'll get to experience Nick in probably like what two months from now, as long as baseball starts on time. We're also going to link yeah. Thomas' Twitter in the description, so people will find out real fast he's a Patriots fan after like <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe boy. like scroll boy, down for like half. For yeah, scroll down <laughs> like, for five seconds, you'll find some kind of Patriots post. All right, uh, next question: favorite driver then and favorite driver now. So I kind of left that open for yeah. you. Favorite driver then, I'll go Bill Elliott because he was the first person that kind of like got Dodge on the map back when they got back to NASCAR in 01. And then favorite driver now is Christopher Bell. I've seen him win a super late model race like in person, and I don't know. I just think that's really cool. That's what I was expecting you to say, but I like it. I mean, I knew that you were a fan of him, but I didn't think he was like your favorite. Yeah, One second, Chris. I. Yeah, what's up? No, I I just thought we should, um, because we've introed Thomas already, but... I just want to say personally, like, this is, for me, even though Chris, like, knows his shit about NASCAR, like, Thomas might be the most well-rounded race fan, uh, like, I've ever met in my entire life. Like, every time I'm, I'm like, interact with Thomas at all, he's, like, either streaming a race or he's, like, reading some kind of article about what's going on in the world. Like, he is dialed in, in the world of motorsports. So, uh, I think yeah. we've got a really, really cool guest, man. For our first, for, like, the, for the NASCAR kickoff, like, even as, like, an outside, like, NASCAR fan, like, as a casual, like, uh, I'm excited to, to hear what you guys have to say about uh, kind of the upcoming change for the new season. Yeah, for sure. And that's probably uh, not probably not great intro on my part. I kind of jumped right in these questions. But yeah, Thomas <laughs> is I'm not I'm not the expert this week on the on the podcast. That's for sure. Uh, I'm just I'm just the guy <laughs> looking at numbers. Yeah, people are used to it by now. <laughs> yeah, all right. So probably. all right. So you said your favorite driver. So next question I have is all right. So this is kind of we built your car based, but it was Mad Lib style. So you didn't know what was coming. So now mm-hmm. let's just say you can put on any sponsor, any paint job, and any number on any car. What does it look like? Uh, it's probably just the old school red with the flying nine, and it's the Dodge Motorsports, just the one that they ran with the Everham. My dad worked for them for so long, so it's just a car I attach a lot to. I kind of figured that one was coming. It's kind of like the one Penswell for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, literally the same exact situation, pretty much. So all right, so okay. Casey King's ride, basically, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm more Bill Elliott side than Kane. Although he did win like nine races one year, which is pretty wild. Interesting. See, I only I didn't really remember Bill Bill Elliott riding that. I knew he I knew he drove the nine the nine back in like the nineties. I didn't but I always remember Bill Elliott with the ninety four Big Dollars car. Yeah. He when he was with Dodds, they had a one season they won a, quite a few races with him and Ray actually like offered to buy him a jet if he won the well like three races in a row and he did it with the same car yeah yeah my um my dad actually worked for ingersoll rand and they sponsored an eminem car i'm pretty sure uh in xfinity i think it was uh boris said that drove for them boris said but that Probably this was like back yeah. <laughs> yeah, this really. was back in, uh <laughs> like 2008 i think so yeah i know my, my dad was working with the uh eminem guys for a little bit all right, so next question I got for you. So you can take this Dodge 9. You can either mm-hmm. be behind the wheel or you can watch it as a fan. But what track do you want to see it at? Ooh, that, that is a good one. I want to see LA. it at Martinsville just because that's the Martinsville. Although LA is going to be fun this weekend. But Martinsville is the track I've – it's like the cup track I've been to the most. And it's just one that always puts on a really good show. So, you know, and I'd be a fan, obviously. I have no business driving a race car. <laughs> All right, and the last one, this is the one that I gave you ahead of time, so I'm prepared for okay. this answer. So the question I gave Thomas, I didn't want this one to be rapid fire. I wanted him to give thought to this one. So I told Thomas, you're named the new president of NASCAR. Steve Phelps hands you the keys tomorrow. What's your first plan of action or something you want to change about the sport? Um, I actually forgot what I said for this, so then it's going to be treated as a rapid fire. <laughs> um, I would probably... Go back to higher horsepower, lower down horse, just because I think it puts more on the drivers. And I think that's what they're leaning with with the next gen anyway. I was even reading, like, the even the right side aero panels they're making to where they create less turbulence, so there's not as much dirty air interference. So they're kind of going where I'd want anyway, which is working out well. Okay, that's not an answer I expected, but I like it. What answer did I give? I'm curious. I forget. Well, you didn't, tell, no, you didn't tell me anything. I just, told oh, you, okay. I just told you ahead of time that way you had time to, to process it. Yo, Chris. What's up? I'm interested to hear uh, your answer to that question. If you're a NASCAR president for the day. My I know answer? this is ad-lib. Yeah, this is ad-lib. Yeah, this, is, this is definitely ad-lib, but I kind of felt like you were going to ask me this. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I think I I don't know. I'm torn between two different things. I, I'm torn between more short tracks, less intermediates. I think is one that I absolutely yeah. really want. Um, and then I'm also torn between. I love the playoff structure, but I wish there was a way we could merge the old system and the new system. Some way to merge mm-hmm. like the old points the way we always went with the playoffs. I think the playoffs is very exciting, but I wish there was a way we could kind of merge the two a little bit better. Yeah. It is. I don't, it is I don't know str- how to do that, but. Yeah, it is kind of strange because golf is kind of that way too. But like NASCAR, like I feel like every season should have like a small asterisk because like, you should have like an award for like being the best driver and then one for like being the champion. <laughs> Cause like motorsports yeah. not like a it's not like a team. Like I understand kind of the parallels with football because like obviously not always the best team throughout the season wins the Super Bowl, but like I don't know, man. Like individual like individual sports I feel like should have like less the less gimmicks in the playoff system, the better. And golf is right there with it, because like the Fedex Cup playoffs is uh, a bit of a gimmick as well. But um yeah i feel like i don't know if it, i don't know if if um like how should i put this like in nascar circles does the champion like the champion of a season really doesn't mean all that much you know what i mean it's more of like an overarching resume of like your entire career like like if you if you're looking at like and again i don't know this to be true but if you're looking at two drivers respective careers how much do you weigh um like chase championships compared to like overall race wins i feel like overall race wins would be a lot more important because like as a golf fan if if someone had like more fedex cups than like another player but another player but that player b won five more you know overall tournaments i would still rate player b higher just because even this despite the fact they didn't reach the pinnacle in this like random playoff system that's kind of the angle i'm coming from so i think they actually with the playoffs they've it more on individuals which you you would actually like Ian because a lot of the consistency aspect of drivers seasons is a lot more on their team than it is the individuals as far as like getting getting the right setups going that kind of thing like every year you have a team that like I think it was last year like Gibbs was super hot at the beginning of the year and then they didn't really do anything whereas like in the playoffs if a driver gets hot at the right time he can have a lot more impact in each individual race and it makes it matter more versus like you do it over 36 races to whichever team was the most consistent. But I think, I think another good point to bring up too, and and this might bring it all together for you and to kind of think of it this way. So (laughs) if Denny Hamlin was to retire tomorrow, he's probably still going to the hall of fame. He doesn't have a championship, but he's got a 500. He's got a 600. He's got all the big races. So that's a big factor too, is is just win those big races. kind of like your majors of NASCAR essentially. So think of it that way, or like think of it even as like Kevin Harvick two years ago, he won what Thomas probably what eight nine races wasn't quite, it wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't quite Larson yeah. level, but then yeah. he gets shafted and doesn't win the playoff doesn't win championship because he doesn't even make the round of four. Right, and that's what I'm kind of getting at. Would like if we go if we fast forward ten years, let's say Larson, let's say the caution doesn't come out on lap what with twenty laps to go in Phoenix this past year, and Larson comes third in the championship race. Do y'all look back in ten years at Larson's championship or at Larson's season in 2021? as a lesser season because he didn't get it done the last race or like, because that that's still a short season, no matter what happens at Phoenix. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with how the old structure was, how the old structure was, because if they were the, under the old structure, Harvick and Larson win no matter what. So right. I think a lot of more classic NASCAR fans, regardless of who mm-hmm. wins the playoff format, they, they kind of name their own, they kind of crown their own champion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's becoming one. very much a uh, divide between, trying to get new fans and keep the old ones yeah yeah but i mean at the end of the day we all like racing so it's not like yeah it's not like ultra divisive like <laughs> um but yeah definitely uh you haven't spent much time on nascar twitter oh uh, really <laughs> or nascar reddit for that matter yeah <laughs> what's the what's the biggest issue what's the biggest like um what's it called like recurring issue that like causes that stirs up debate I mean, the Harvick example that Chris brought up is a pretty. I think NASCAR lucked into uh, Larson winning the championship this year because there would have been a lot of, a lot of. Oh, really? Especially with how many okay. wins he had and how consistent of a year he had, yeah. Right. Just because people, because like, let's just say Truex won. Like, 
people wouldn't be happy that Truex is like praying themselves as a champion when Larson was clearly like the best driver. Is that what the problem yeah. is? That would okay. not have gone over well. Yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah, what, kind of what he's saying is like That's, if we would have had if we would have had Larson season paired with Harvick season and neither of them win the championship. Yeah. Old, old NASCAR is is burning down the house right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So so most NASCAR fans do put a lot of weight on the on the championship though. On the race for the on the chase for the cup. It seems yeah. like right? I think a decent majority of them do. Yeah. Like it still matters. Like it's still the champion at the end of the year. So. Right. That's that's fair. Because I guess yeah. Because th- I mean golf like. No one really gives a damn, like, except for, like, obviously the players, because there's a $15 million prize, but, like, no one really cares what the FedEx Cup champion is, and so, but that's only because golf has four majors that just have more history and have more prestige, Mm -hmm. and so NASCAR, I don't know if it's because, like, if you ask, like, a, like, a mid-tier NASCAR driver, like, would you, like, Tyler Reddick, for example, would you rather win the Daytona 500 or be a NASCAR champion? What do you think you'd say? Champion. Still champion. Probably champion, yeah. Really? An easy parallel is the Patriots 18 and 0 season. It's like okay, or 18 and 1 if you want to be technical. It's like they had they literally went undefeated until the championship. That's surprising. I guess that's just the dichotomy of our two sports because like if you're a young kid playing golf, like you dream about hitting hitting a putt to win the Masters. You don't really think about hitting a putt to win the FedEx Cup, even though the FedEx Cup is technically a a measure of your overall consistency over the course of the season. Like you, you dream about winning the biggest event the sport has to offer. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I'm just curious. I was, I was just interested in uh, y'all's, uh, y'all's take on that. How about y'all? Like, like the Daytona 500 means more to like the casual fan than the championship, right? I know we're kind of we're talking to circles, but I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Daytona 500 is still a big deal. Like, yeah, all, yeah. all your, all your, like your Daytona 500, your Coca-Cola 600, Southern 500. Yeah. Um, the Bristol night race, like those are all still, still, yeah. um, you're, you're a race that you want to win before you retire. And like a lot of times people will look at resumes and say like, Oh, that's he has a really good way to put it. Yeah. He hasn't won a big one. He hasn't, I mean, I think you can kind of compare that to golf in a way like, Oh, he has, he, Oh, he won all these tournaments, but he never won a major. So right. you right. can, you can, that's a parallel between golf and NASCAR where I think it's a big deal where you, you want to be a top driver to win one of those four, or if not more than one of those four. Does the fact that Daytona it does tend to be like a more random race, does that play into its place on a, on a particular driver's resume? Just because like we've seen like, obviously I guess Dale sticks out more than anyone, but obviously you can be a dominant driver in NASCAR and, you know, catch a bad break and lose the Daytona 500. Does that play at all? Or does that does that hurt the prestige of the Daytona 500 at all? Knowing that restricted boat races are a bit random, or not? Not, not really. for me, but not for me. But Thomas may disagree. I don't know. I I, I, I love I super do a little bit, yeah. Right, because like I mean, for example, I mean, Trevor Bain and Austin Dillon have won Daytona 500s in the last. Exactly. Like, yeah, I was gonna use the Trevor Bain example. He's making coffee in Kentucky right now. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, I'll let Chris get get on because we probably talked for way too long. <laughs> all but right. But I, so. I I sit around and not say anything for like 20 minutes because. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, you'll be able to, you'll have, you'll know some of these notes, so you'll be able to butt in. So, all right, so I guess this is the part, the elephant in the room, the part that I really wanted to hear Thomas' opinion on, but the next-gen car, that's where we're going, that's where we're heading, that's where we are. Um, starting this week, starting, oh, God, where's, I had the schedule somewhere, is it Saturday or this Friday week. where we start the practice? Saturday morning? Qualifying Saturday, uh, the race is on the 6th Sunday. Yeah, so Saturday morning at twelve thirty, yeah, is first practice. So, um, so yeah, I guess we've we've heard the rumblings, we've seen these tests, uh, we've heard NASCAR's the NASCAR drivers' opinions on this on this car, but none of it matters because I want to know what Thomas's opinion is of the six hundred seventy horsepower four inch spoiler next gen car that we are heading towards. I'm very excited about it. Um, I was actually doing, like, while I was trying to, like, read up for this pod, I read that they used a lot of what the super the V8 Supercar Series is doing in Australia as far as, like, the design and everything, and I really like watching those races. Uh, they have some of the most exciting qualifying, that kind of thing. Um, so I think that's going to be pretty fun. I like that they decided to go with the higher horsepower as well. So I'm personally really excited about it. I think it's and they finally have they finally finally don't have a single rear axle. They have independent rear suspension, which has been out since like 1985. And so 
they want to sell themselves as like a top of the line racing series, they shouldn't be using technology that's 40 years old. That's a good point. So, and the, the main, so for the, I guess, if the golf listeners are still here, or if you're a new NASCAR <laughs> fan, um, I guess, Thomas, what would you say is your, your very dumbed down description of what this new car is? It's a sports car with a stock car body on it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it's supposed to, so it's also, uh, so in the past, for the, all the old cars, you have uh, manufacturers and engineers building a lot of their own mm-hmm. equipment. This one is not going to be that way. Everyone's purchasing from the same vendors, the same vendor sheet. Now, don't let that sway you from the fact that we're not going to see a Rick Ware be a top four team in NASCAR. Yeah, no. um, you know, you hear all the talk about how this is going to bring the field together, which I think it will it to is. an extent. Mm-hmm. But your top teams are still going to be your top teams. You've got more money, more engineers to to designate to find the um, get every pound of downforce out of that. Well, yeah, that or to you know, like they're going to look, they're going to they're going to be able to find the loopholes. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yes, that's better than the point. smaller teams. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where we are with that. Um, I know that at first, the one of the first tests was actually here in Charlotte. Um, there was a lot of criticism at first because the speeds and the times that they were clocking were slower than ARCA, um, which for those of you who don't know, ARCA is like what, like the single A of NASCAR, basically. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> Maybe a low A. Um, so there was a lot of criticism at first with how can we be the top tier in NASCAR and only have, you know, the fourth slowest car of the series. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess anything else you want to add on onto the next gen before I move on to the next news subject here? Um, not really. I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get to the betting part. But there's a specific team I'm really excited about this year. Okay, same. Actually, I have a, I have a similar note, and you've actually already touched on one of my notes. So I'm wondering if we got the same reference. But okay. yeah, Ian, you're, Ian, you're raising your hand. What, what you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to butt in because I'm uh, I'm clearly the uh, the third uh third fiddle here, but um. Do you think this favors, like, I'm, I'm a complete noob when it comes to, like, NASCAR prospecting or, like, scouting, but, like, is there a particular driving style that you think this favors, or um, is there is there, like, a, I don't know if Chris is going to get this in, in the future, but is there, a drive, like, a driver particularly that you're like, oh, this is really good for, or uh, I know Thomas Vincent's the team, but is, I'm, I'm more interested in, like, the individual driving styles and, and maybe who do you think uh, this help, kind of helps the most coming up? So yes. go ahead, and Thomas, you go ahead, because I think we'll probably have the same okay. answer. <laughs> we probably do, yeah. So I mentioned it's, uh, it's a lot similar to a sports car, and the cup driver with the most sports car experience is Austin Cindric, and he's also on the team that has – the only team, as far as I know, that has any V8 supercar experience. So okay. I think from whatever they gathered from the Australian series and between Cindric, he came up through sports cars. He didn't take the traditional route that most of the cup drivers do. Like, he was actually a – stand out in IMSA and then was kind of plucked from there to drive in the cup series for Penske. Okay. Yeah. So, so since, since you've already brought it up, I had the same exact note. So yeah. and actually, and actually, I don't know if you heard it at the same place, but Corey LeJoey talked about on his podcast, how the team that has been excelling so far this year in tests is Penske and mm. Penske owns V8 supercars overseas. And this is very comparable to that car. Um, needless to say, Corey LeJoey on his podcast alone said, Hammer Penske and specifically Hammer Ryan Blaney this year. So a little foreshadowing there for you for later okay. on the show. Nice. Now is okay. So Thomas mentioned that uh, obviously Cindric came came in through a sports car background. I'm guessing most guys come through dirt or carts. Almost every Cup driver has come through some form of stock car racing. The dirt cars are becoming more prominent lately. Yeah. With Larson coming out and Bell and that kind of thing. But even Bell came up. He was. Dirt racing first, and then Kyle Busch Motorsports actually like, put him in a stock car. So it's okay. still primarily people who have been racing on like short tracks and stock cars and that kind of thing. Got you. Now, when you think, again, this is just a beginning question, but when you think stylistically, like, could can you know you and Chris who are obviously big big in the NASCAR and big race fans, like, can you all tell if if a guy came through dirt? Is there like a or came through a stock car, came through sports cars? Is there like a defining characteristic that you see in their styles, or is this just uh, more experience behind you know a particular package? I mean, 
not really. The only, I guess, the only thing you can really see for dirt racers is, but it's, even then, the it's, it's yeah, that, but even then it's still very rare. But like Larson and Reddick are really the only two guys who even really test that out as far as the Cup Series go, and they're the only ones that I know of. Um, but you, typically, you will see your your sprint car. Um, the guys that came up their sprint car testing that high line, you'll see them kind of moving all over the track. So that's really the only factor you'll see. Um, and then I guess the other point that I want to get at while we're still talking about the next gen car too is regardless of the V8 supercars and regardless of Penske and all that, really what we've heard all throughout this testing is the car is just harder to drive. And that's what we want. We want these drivers to be tested. Yeah. So what you're going to hear me talking about later on and, and probably next week and probably the first few weeks until we get some data is I'm going to be betting on the guys that can really wheel, real wheelmen, guys who can wheel a car, and it's not going to matter on what this car specializes in and what it does best. It's, hey, who's who from time to time has shown no duress when coming to a brand new car? So you'll, you'll see that. He's one of them, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I just hope it doesn't end up like the car of tomorrow where Kyle Busch won the first race, but then he said, I effing hate this thing. Yeah, good point. All right, so I think that'll wrap us up on the next-gen talk. So uh, next kind of points here I want to talk about for, um, again, anybody who might have been living under a rock or just wants to, you know, know some of the changes as we go into the new season, so that way you know who you're betting or what you're looking at, or maybe mm-hmm. you're playing fantasy NASCAR or FanDuel and you kind of want to know some of these changes. Um, so here's some of the drivers who have changed cars. Um, so we got Brad. Now a team owner and moving over to the newly formed team of, well, not newly formed, newly named team of RFK, Roush Fenway Kozlowski Racing. He'll be driving the six car in place of Ryan Newman. Um, Austin Tindrick, obviously, that Thomas just touched on, moving to the two car in place of, in place of Brad, who is moving to the new team. Uh, Harrison Burton coming up from the Xfinity series, son of Jeff Burton. Uh, Burton. The Burton Continuum podcast is a good listen, by the way, if anyone hasn't listened to that. Um but yeah, Harrison Burton to the 21 Wood Brothers car. Uh, Kurt Busch to the 45, joining 23XI. And then Ross Chastain to the one car, replacing Kurt. Did I miss any? I think that's all of them. I mean, Ty Dillon's at GMS with their new cup team. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ty Dillon coming up. Uh, we got we heard today, actually, Kaz Gorilla. Kaz Gorilla, yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much the main changes. Um, I guess either of you have any thoughts on any of those changes? I'm most excited, obviously, about Cindric. And Chris, as you know, I'm not, I'm certainly not like his biggest fan, but I respect <laughs> that he knows how to drive a race car. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you're all over him because I think yeah. I touched on that in our intro, our season kickoff of like when I named him as like my what, probably third or fourth driver on that list of the, to begin the season, I was like, Thomas is not going to like this. <laughs> Um, so I guess I guess I'm most excited about Brad to the six. I think I kind of want to see what he can do for this Roush Fenway team. Really? We saw, yeah, and this week he hires David Smith for Motorsports Analytics. He's got he's getting some some analytics to the team. I think I want to see Roush get back to the. I want to see another top team, and I want to see Roush get back to dominance. Mm-hmm. And I think Brad can bring them there. So I'm really excited for Brad and Busher this year. I'm not gonna lie. That's gonna make one of my bets really awkward later. Okay. Foreshadowing. <laughs> That's interesting because it might make mine. Never mind. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. All right. So another note that I have here, uh, I guess more on the the sad note here is uh, the fact that we have some spots, big sponsors leaving the sport. Uh, this being M and M's. Yeah. M and M's car will no longer be around after this year. They've been around since the late '90s. Um, they got a new marketing uh, leadership over at Mars, and they didn't feel that NASCAR was in their future plans or enough to keep the money flow coming. So, um, yeah, it's sad to see yeah, yet another big sponsor leaving the sport. You know, we've seen Lowe's, Home Depot, um, who else am I thinking of? Target. Target. I think Target's gone now. Yeah, um, Target back to Ganassi a few years ago. I mean, Tide, Target, but that was a while ago. We haven't seen Tide in a few years. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you never want to see a big sponsor like this, this leaving the sport. So, uh, not a good thing, but I guess... On the other side of things, you know, it's good to see that we have, you know, we have an owner. We have Pitbull as an owner, Michael Jordan as an owner. And then now today, all of a sudden, Dana White has bought on to uh, Trackhouse Racing. Um, so it's cool to see some big names come to the sport, but 
definitely sad to see uh, a big time sponsor leave the sport. So I guess I guess maybe for both of you, if you could bring back one big sponsor, who would it be? I'd vote Sharpie just because I think Roush kind of ran them out, but that That's was a, a while one. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll take Tide because I always like the yeah. orange like cool uh, Ricky Craven. Actually, it's funny he mentioned Sharpie because Craven versus Bush at uh I mm-hmm. forget what the track was, but the crazy finish everyone knows about. Yeah. Absolutely. For me, I think for me, it's I want I want another beer sponsor. How do we only have Bush? Like we don't have Miller anymore, but not Coors. Didn't I thought Miller yeah. left finally, or they're fading out. One of the two. Yeah, they're not like a primary sponsor all year, but they're still on. They were still on the two car last year. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think about and that. And Bush, all that all that happened with Bush is <laughs> Bud, uh, Anheuser Busch just transitioned from using Budweiser Bush, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I wish we had. I just miss I miss the classic like. Yeah. We used to ha- we used to have no lie a Miller light car, a Coors light car, a Budweiser car. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember Sterling Marlin's Coors light car? Yeah, that was a classic. Yeah. Classic paint scheme. All right, so I think I've got one last piece of news, and then we'll get into some some betting talk because I'm sure that's what everyone's here for. Um, but I, I brought this piece of news on here for a reason. Uh, but Ryan Priest named the reserve driver for Stuart Haas Racing. <laughs> Thomas is shrugging. He knows. <laughs> Ryan Priest is my actual favorite driver, but he doesn't have a ride. I mean. Doesn't have a ride yet. I think he's in a good position. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, so uh, sorry. What uh? Do you, you know Ryan Priest personally, or what makes him your favorite driver? He races. He uh, came up through the modifieds in the Northeast, and the modifieds are my favorite race car. Okay. Gotcha. It's like it's an it's a stock car's take on an open wheel race car. They look incredibly weird. If you've never seen one, you should look one up. Okay. Got you. So it's more his roots, more so than yeah. like mm-hmm. okay. Gotcha. I did see him at a bar in Cornelius once. So there you go. We also have a little we have a little beef going on here because we have our own little draft that we did yesterday, and uh, the guy sitting to my left took him over the guy sitting to my right. So yeah, care to care to talk about that a little bit? I mean, I was a little bit upset. I don't understand why Ian did that. I don't well, think he got anything for his team, but you know. <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna scroll through my me and Chris's private chat, he basically <laughs> laid out my options, and I took the first two that he listed. So <laughs> this is. This is, uh, yeah, he's trying to instigate between the two of us, but I think the real beef is between y'all two, because y'all actually know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, okay. All Chris's lead. That was a fun draft for me, because I'm usually the one, um, I, as you said, my brother's going to be on here eventually, but I'm usually the one texting him, hey, who should I pick? And like three or four times, he's like, hey, man, I need to pick. I was like, don't worry, I got you. That explains why he was on the clock for so long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess to wrap up this, the, uh, Priest talk here. So, yeah, Ryan Priest, he's a reserve driver for Stuart Haas. He's going to do two cup races this year, three Xfinity races, and seven truck races. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll get to, he'll get to um, use their sim equipment all year long. Um, an interesting little nugget that I think is he's represented by KHI. Uh, so, a lot of people are speculating that he's going to – he might not even flow right into Al Marol's car. He could flow right into Harvick's car if Harvick was a lead next year too. Um, but, yeah, and then in, in this world of COVID, it's not out of the realm that Thomas – we might we still may see Ryan this year in more than just yeah. the two races for um Rick Ware. Um because you never know. I mean, we saw uh Austin Dillon and somebody else last year both get COVID and couldn't race. Oh, Jimmy Johnson two years ago, I think is what it was. Yeah, and Lewis Hamilton two years ago. That was wild. Yeah. Unrelated to NASCAR, but so. I don't remember. Yeah, uh George Russell like got the pole and all but had the race. Oh, should have won. Should have yeah. won. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I do remember that now. I do remember that now. That's why. That's why he's his teammate now. Let's mm-hmm. go. All right. So last little piece here. Um, I guess this is more of probably a a future talk, but our upcoming 2023 free agents. So the guys that you're going to see in the potentially their last year of their current car, unless they were to agree to a new deal this year. Uh, the first. Three on this list, I fully expect to re-sign, but I'm just bringing them up just because as of right now, they do not have a contract for 2023. So, Chase Elliott, okay. William yeah. Byron, Ryan Blaney. We know those three are pretty much probably staying still. Mm-hmm. The next three names are where it gets interesting. Uh, we know where this one's going. Tyler Reddick, uh, Ricky Stenhouse, and Eric Jones. So, of those three, I guess Thomas or Ian, who wants to answer, 
who would you like to see in the top equipment? And I'm pretty sure it's an easy answer. It's Tyler Reddick for me, just because I like it. Chris knows I like him a lot. He came out for dirt, too, which is fun. I remember seeing him in, I think, a dirt, a dirt modified race. Another yeah. just absurd yeah, looking car. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with both of y'all. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I know everything about NASCAR. I know because of Chris and Tyler Reddick's is kind of uh, his rider driver right now. So uh, I'm sure seeing him uh, seeing him in a in a top three or four team ride uh, with their makers or costs a lot of money in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I guess obviously for me, it's, it's obviously Reddick. I would love to see him go. I don't think there's going to be a seat opening up on the Chevy side of things, so I, I do think that he's going to have to, to probably change manufacturers and head over to Ford, probably. I think it's probably Ford or Toyota is probably the um, the way he's going to have to go. But, yeah, either way, I would love to see him get a shot. But Eric Jones, I think, would be interesting. If if he was a kind of surprise this year mm-hmm. in, the, in the Petty GMS car, I would like to see him get one more shot at a big-time ride. Yeah, pound for pound, who's... Uh who's the second best driver of those three? Because I'm guessing number eight's uh, y'all's top pick. I think it's Eric Jones for me, but I think Ricky's Ricky's a good driver. He's just aggressive as hell. Yeah. Yeah, he's very aggressive and he doesn't have a lot of luck. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't... He, he does cause a lot of wrecks, but he also gets blamed for a lot of stuff that wasn't his fault. Yeah, yeah. Like a cop guess- Yeah. I'm guessing that reputation kind of... Uh, uh, affects his stock with teams that potentially mm-hmm. want to hire him because uh, you know or teams that want to make money. Yeah, yeah. Because if he's on, if he continues to be on the side of this many wrecks, uh, you know, money it doesn't money. matter. Yeah, doesn't right. matter how many top finishes he's in. We ready to ready to talk some clash? I'm ready yeah. to put some in. <laughs> all right, all right. So, <laughs> give everybody a quick rundown of what. This first week of NASCAR is going to look like. So we are heading to Los Angeles, California. We're going to the Coliseum. Um, if you haven't seen pictures of this, of this yet, you need to go look at you know either NASCAR's Twitter oh, or yeah. wherever it be. It looks incredible for something they've done in essentially three months. Because I think there was a USC game played like the end of November. Um, but what they've done, it, it looks amazing. Um, so yeah, we're heading out there. It'll be a short track style um, track. Nothing really to compare it to. Um, like, I mean, the closest thing and what I'm using my data off of is Martinsville, but even that is not really a great comparison. The next best comparison to it is, um, and Thomas is going to like this, is, is probably Bowman Gray, um, but we've Absolutely. never seen NASCAR on it, so we don't know what this is going to look like. Uh, as far as the schedule goes, um, I kind of touched on it earlier, but we've got we start Saturday morning, 12:30 Eastern time, with the first practice. First time we'll get to see these cars. Well, unless you've watched some of the test sessions, but first time we'll get to see them in a sanctioned event um, kind of on the track. And first time we'll get to see this Coliseum in its full form. Um, later that night, Saturday, 830, we'll have single car qualifying. And this qualifying, um, based on how they uh, their speed and their time, is going to be placed into heat races. Um, so if you finish first in qualifying, you're going to be first in the first heat race. If you're second qualifying, you'll be first in the second heat race third third uh you'd be first in the third heat race so on and so forth until they fill out the whole um so basically like the first heat will have the first fifth ninth so on and so forth um so yeah and then uh sunday at three o'clock the heat races will begin um the top four from these heats will automatically qualify to the main event and then sunday at 4 10 will be the last chance qualifiers so these will be all the guys that didn't finish in the top four of their heats there's gonna be two 50 lap races and the top three from each of those will join the event um, creating a field of 23 drivers. Um, and then the only exception to this rule of, of kind of racing in is Larson. He's an automatic qualifier. The previous year's champion is in no matter what. So Larson c- can go out lap one and smash his car into the wall, and he's still in. doesn't matter. Um, well, unless they didn't bring another car, which that's another that's yeah. another, uh, <laughs> another topic of discussion. But, uh, but, yeah, so then obviously at that point, we will be 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, Sunday night, is when you're going to want to turn your TV on. It's the main event. However, I do think those heat races will be fun to watch. But the main event starts oh, yeah, at 6 p.m. Um, and we have a $2 million purse on the line. Not all to the winner, but it's quite a quite a nice purse. Um, so, yeah, I guess any any comments on the, on this schedule that we got going for this weekend? I'm excited about it just because I love heat races personally. I think, you know, 
they add a lot to the event. I know I I'm, I know some people are worried about that they're not going to race super hard in the heat races, but I think you said like only the top six transfer. Top four. There's the top four, yeah. So even worse, like there's and there's a lot of people who are going to want to be in this race that aren't starting in those top four spots. So there's yeah, a real it's like there's a real chance like some of these top drivers aren't in the final. Yeah. So and actually, you just led right to my next point. So I kind of wrote I kind of took a little tally here of of all the teams. So if you just look at our your top teams, you know, you've got SHR, Hendrick, JGR, Penske. That's already 15 cars. Um, we're only going to have 23 in this event. So you're talking, you know, you got a, you got one Wood Brothers car, two Collar cars, two RCR cars, two Spire, two Trackhouse, two RFK, two JTG, two Petty GMS, two 23XI, all fighting for practically, what, seven, eight spots? And that's if every car from the top series gets in. I mean, yeah. I, we're talking about short track. Somebody can get dumped, and they're not in. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Hamlin and Bowman can go at it for one last for one more time, and uh, their night's over. Hamlin, Bowman, Chase, Liano, Harvick, yeah. Harvick, Harvick. and uh, Chase. I mean, we got all kinds of battles just just waiting to happen. That is cool, though. That is cool. I'm guessing there'll be odds for the heat races like morning of for those generous that want to bet those. Probably, but you also bring up a good point. I think it's a good idea to get your bets in early before the heat races yeah yeah and potentially even before qualifying because i've seen in the past where some books take down odds until qualifying's done and they repost and you could lose some real good value on some people um so i would so get you, your odds in now bet them now yeah yeah as soon as you as soon as you get done here and me and thomas's picks just go ahead and log on and, and make your picks yeah get all of them and then lose all the money yep <laughs> all right so i guess Thomas, I'm going to throw it over to you. So what are what are your kind of thoughts when you look at this board? What were your kind of thoughts going in? Uh, like, did you have any thoughts before you looked at the board of who you kind of want to go with? Did those thoughts hold true when you saw the odds? Just kind of spill the beans. Which, which, what were all your thoughts kind of looking at this? Um, before I looked at the board, I was pretty high on Chase Elliott. And he's still one of the top three, but he's not the highest favorite. I see him at plus 650. So I still think that's pretty solid value, especially – in a NASCAR environment where you're not really going to get a lot. Like if it's somebody, you know, like obviously Larson at an intermediate might be lower than that, but plus 650 is pretty good. And I've seen him win a race at the track that you said is most comparable, Bowman Gray. He wrecked everybody about the pace car, but he did get there. So uh, kind of, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and kind of tied with that, I recently started on the, the Cinder hype train actually like an hour ago. So I had no idea, like, even looking at him. But his top three odds I have at plus 850, and I think that there's a very real chance that that happens. Because a lot of these short, short tracks, the road course guys excel on, and he's probably got the most road course experience of anybody in the field. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Sorry, so those two, did you say you had three names? Um, Yeah, I mean, one of them was just a weird little head-to-head that I found that might be just some easy money, Bell versus Harvick. Bell's at like minus 105 if you just, you know, want to throw a unit or two on there. But that's cause just because I don't think Harvick's going to do well at all on Sunday. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I know for a fact Chris is pretty high on uh, H, uh, SHR. I wouldn't say I'm high on them. I'm just, I'm buying the dip. Like, I think that... That's fair, yeah. Or I think the books are downplaying... SHR because of how they how they were last year. So I'm I'm buying it now before it's too late. And we see Harvick go win a race, and then all of a sudden those odds are gone. Um, I do have how, like I do have like one more random super wild long shot. Corey LaJoy I know has experience on Bowman Gray, and he's plus ten thousand. Uh, his top three odds are a little bit more reasonable. I think it's like plus seventeen hundred. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. So kind of what i was i think getting at here and i think ian wants to make a point real quick but uh my thoughts before i looked at the board were and it still kind of holds true but i did not want to do a lot of units on this race because we don't know anything we don't know anything about this car we don't know anything about this track we literally know nothing i mean the model that i was able to come up with today was like all right what's the closest thing i can make to what we do know um so i've got four names that i came up with but Joey, like all those guys like wait on the board it's like why not i mean you don't know we have no idea what's going to happen yeah um so and, I, and there's a lot of guys out there that i follow on nascar twitter that are placing bets on on guys like priest because priest is he's going to be racing mm-hmm. 
Joey, um, I'm trying to think of another name, like way down. I mean, we're talking like, yeah, 100, 201 yeah. guys. Just, it's like, why not? Because we just, we have no idea what's going to happen. What you got, Ian? Oh, no, I was just going to, I was going to ask about Thomas's background in, in betting. Uh, do you typically, do you typically go, um, cause I know, I know Thomas is really big into motorsports, so I know he's, he's, uh, kind of deep into DFS, but, uh, does he, you know, how much experience do you have with outright betting? Do you typically tend to stray towards more props or do you kind of go for the big payday with the, with the outright winner or what's kind of your motto when it comes to, to week to week in this, in this kind of sport? I, uh, don't really have a big background in betting. I just started doing it last year, but Generally, what I've been doing is just doing like one or two of the props, nothing to, or not the props, the outrights, just doing like one or two of those a week. And mm-hmm. then most of my money is on props that I'm like fairly confident about, like yeah. uh, like the top threes, the top fives, that kind of thing. I, I know it's lower risk, lower reward, but I don't know. And then when I go to football, I just parlay everything and lose all my money. Oh, same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the money line parlays are costing me a fucking fortune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, no, that's that's very smart. And and honestly, like if uh, you poll like a lot of quote unquote professional gamblers, like that's exactly what they do. They they really like the uh, the prop markets and some of the matchups and some of the head to heads and, and um, exotics like that. So I think that's really smart. Personally, for me, I mean, if you listen to my golf or uh, our golf segments or, or watch or follow our Twitter and, and see my cards, we're more about the big payday. But um, I think definitely there's there's probably just as much merit, if not more, to to really hammering down if, if like if if you're this deep into nascar and you're this deep into kind of the, some of these um neat sports like i think some of the top 20s in golf or some of the like thomas and top fives top threes or matchups uh, are really where the money's at so uh definitely something that we might i know chris is usually uh in the prop market more than i am as far as our betting cards but uh i'll definitely be looking at some of the prop markets when the golf season really ramps up yeah and i think uh i don't know if thomas had listened to our season kickoff or not, but that was a point that I had brought up in my kickoff was something I want to focus a little bit more on this year because NASCAR outrights, I mean, it's hard. And we saw, yeah. we saw we saw last year, I mean, I did not have the greatest first year of this because I was I focused so much time on the outrights. And if I, I think if I would have focused more on the props to begin the year to get that kind of positive bankroll going to kind of have money to play with, I think I would have had better luck. So yeah. um, I say all that and I have no props this week, but... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we'll get there so it's, man it's tough when you could like 5x 6x 7x your money like it's just uh like they just they prey on your you know human instinct uh to, to go for the big payday but uh to thomas's point man sometimes the minus 105 or just like laying heavy money on like something you're really confident about um with you know slightly less sexy odds is is the plus ev play for sure yeah for sure all right, so I guess that'll lead into kind of my four bets here so, since we got Thomas's. Um, so, yeah, I kind of took um, – I, I kind of tried to piece together a model. I, I, don't, I don't know what this model – this could be just kind of pulling this out of nowhere, pulls out of thin air, but I had to come up with something, something to run numbers off of. I, I didn't want to go just off a of feel. Um, plus, if I was to go off a of feel, there's six guys, six, eight guys listed under under 10 to 1 odds, and it's it's just – it's hard to play those odds. So – um yeah so basically i took recent form at martinsville and then i took martinsville over the full career kind of ran two different models off of that and then i paired it up against the odds board and kind of said hey what here's how they stack up as far as the odds are lined up here's how they stock up how off my models what's the biggest discrepancies um so like i said i'm using martinsville as my my um comparable track here but the biggest one and this is where thomas may disagree right off the bat but the biggest discrepancy for me was brad keselowski um, they have him ranked at 18 to one ninth on Bovada or oh, whoops, just dropped that, but ninth <laughs> on our book that we <laughs> use. Um, and as far as his Martinsville career goes and the model goes, he's second best, um, at Martinsville among all active drivers. Um, so that was a difference of, of seven positions essentially to where I think he should have been, should have been listed. Now I know a lot of that has to go with going to RFK, going to a new team, um, going to a team that struggled last year. Uh, we don't know what you're going to see, but what we do know is that Brad is a very good short track racer. We know he's going to be very motivated to get his name on the map very early for this new team. Um, so yeah, my first my first bet right off the board is Brad Keselowski. I'm doing one and uh, three quarter units on him at 18 to one. Um, and then uh, the second guy that popped in the model was Ryan Blaney. Kind of touched on him earlier. Um, as far as his Martinsville model stacks up, 
he came up first in my model actually and the odds have him ranked seventh i've already touched on how Corla joey talked about how even seeing him live Corey, Corey was talking about, and let me preface this by saying, I listened to Corey's podcast all last year. Before last year even started, he <laughs> he had already named Larson as an 11-win winner, or 11-race winner before the season even started last year. So he basically nailed it. Um, he's all over Blaney this year. Um, so I'm I'm riding the high. Um, so yeah, Blaney at 12-1. I'm throwing two and a half units on that one. And then the last two are, are almost just, I kind of touched on already, but they're kind of punts. It's guys that I see way down the board that I don't think should be that deep. Um, so Briscoe, 150 to one, we're putting three quarters of a unit on that. And then Busher at 200 to one. Um, I'm throwing, I'm only throwing half a unit on it, but if I'm going to be all over RFK, I might as well be on Busher too. As far as the model goes, he ranked as 16th in my model and they haven't ranked as 22nd on the odds board. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, Busher had almost a, basically a career year last year and, um, now he's got a new owner with more pieces, better team, uh, Better people coming on board for the team, more money being invested into the team. Um, I mean, why not? Why not throw a kind of a deep dart throw? Uh, so yeah, thoughts thoughts on those? I like them, uh, especially the Briscoe pick. I think Briscoe definitely needed a year to adjust, and now that it's a new car and everybody's going to kind of be on an even playing field, because um, he really excelled in the Xfinity series. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I call it Xfinity, I usually call it both series, but. Uh, so I was kind of surprised at how poorly he did last year, and I hope I hope he bounces back because I really like him. So that, I really like that one. I actually just followed you with that one. So that's what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, um, I guess so. I'll, I'll bring up some names, other names for my model that I didn't bet, but that did pop. Um, Kurt Busch actually going to twenty three XI. Um, he ranked as 10th best by model. The, the odds have happened as 13th on the board at 25 to 1. I thought that was an interesting one, but not quite enough for me to pull the trigger. Um, and then Harvick, he basically ranked out about where he should be. He ranked 8th on my model. He's 9th on the odds board. But like Ian kind of pointed out, I'm kind of buying the dip. I think how awesome are we going to be able to get Harvick at 18 to 1? Um, and if he wins, those odds are gone. Um, so those are some other some other quick thoughts. Any other names on the board that... Maybe Ian, maybe you saw, or Thomas. Are there any other ones that you didn't bring up yet that you'd like? I'm just, uh, I'm kind of surprised. We're in the first, I guess Chris kind of alluded to it because we don't really know anything, so there's not much point in going too far off the board. But um, we started our card at 12 to 1. There's six guys above Blaney that uh, we're apparently not touching. Chase Elliott was alluded to by Thomas earlier. Hamlin and Truex are the two co-favorites at 6 to 1. You have Logano and Bush at 7.5 and, and Larson at 8. Um, do you think, I guess, I mean, Blaney at 12 seems like just maybe too big of a gap. Is that kind of why you started your card there, Chris? Um, you just feel like he, he should probably be priced right there with the, with the top six. Yeah. So, and I think that's my problem with this week is, and I kind of already said, like, I don't, I didn't anticipate putting a lot of units down. So when you're not playing a lot of units, you can't play the, sh- the short odds. I mean, it's just honestly what it comes to. So if I was going to play one of those guys, I'd probably had to put all five units on it because I've only got five units invested this week. Um, so, and I don't really, and to be honest with you, I know it sounds so, it's probably a little bit like everyone that's stuck around this long in the podcast, you're probably like, really, that's it? That's what I waited for? But well, it's, it's an exhibition race, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I just, I don't want to drop a ton of money on this race that we know nothing about. Yeah. And, I, and I'd rather sit back and enjoy it and and hope that we win. We just happen to catch one of these guys. <laughs> Deep down this is a scouting week for Chris. Yeah, this is a scouting week. I respect that. I respect that. He didn't come in guns blazing like I did in the first week of the PJ Tour season. <laughs> and then for three rounds, we have no one within 10 shots of the lead. <laughs> so yeah, probably a, probably a prudent mood. Probably a prudent mood. So I guess, all right. So I guess, but I guess to answer your question, and I'll, I'll let Thomas answer it. And I guess he kind of already did, I guess. But if you had to go with one of those, one, two, three, four, five, six guys on the board, the top six, Hamlin at six to one, Truex at six to one, Chase Elliott six and a half to one, Logano at seven and a half to one, Kyle Busch at seven and a half to one, and Kyle Larson at eight to one. You kind of already alluded to Chase, but do any of those other names kind of strike your fancy if you were not to go with Chase? Um, Logano, because he's not like super. I mean, he's still pretty high up there, but he's not the highest, and he can definitely. He's proven he can drive aggressively, and I think that's gonna like that needs to be what you're gonna have to do this weekend. So I can definitely see some value there, especially because he's not like the favorite. Yeah, yeah. and that 
that kind of buys into our whole Penske, Penske buy-in thing, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think that's pretty much all I had on the clash. Unless Ian, you want to had another name that you want to talk about? Um, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> I can come with Beth. <laughs> why not? Yeah. Why Why not? Why not sprinkle some cash? So. I mean, we, we talked about Thomas's favorite driver at the start of the show. Christopher Bell is 20 to 1. Uh, red flags there, or I mean, Cindric's 40 to 1 to win this. I mean, Thomas liked him as the top three. Why not sprinkle up the 40 to 1? You don't think you can win his uh, first career NASCAR Cup Series start as a Pittsburgh uh, driver? I don't. I have yeah. Cindric. I actually put a unit on him as top three at plus yeah. 850. So, uh, Bell, I don't know. I don't know why I'm staying away from him. I'm just staying away from him for this weekend. I don't know. I want to kind of see how he does with the new car. Because yeah. it's going to be completely different to what he's used to, especially like the dirt and everything. Okay. I, let's uh, because it seems like it seems like this is a, a very tentative week for both of y'all as far as uh, unit allocation. Um, let's let's take five minutes and, and talk about Daytona because I'm sure that's uh, you guys have maybe more hard opinions on that. Um, and odds are out for Daytona, so I'm yeah. sure we. I'm not sure if uh, Chris uh, producer Chris is going to have uh, time in his in his schedule for this or on the uh, on the podcast uh on the podcast schedule but yeah is there is there someone you are looking at for for daytona or an early lean i know it's off the cuff but yeah i don't i don't have anything prepared yet for daytona i've actually got more prepared for some features that we're going to kind of talk about here in a second but oh, okay. um but yeah i guess uh, off the cuff i think my Man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have like I want, two really long shots I have for uh, Daytona. Uh oh, here we I go. I know one. I know one of them for sure. What's one of them, Chris? I'm Ty Dillon. You You're going with Ty Dillon. I was going to, but I decided to stray away from that. I went with Justin Haley at uh, plus three thousand, and then Busher at I guess thirty-three to one, as you guys know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Haley's very Justin good. Justin Haley's proven that he can compete at super speedways, and Busher has also proven that. And I don't know. I just feel like they're both more than thirty to one. If you just throw half a unit on there, you're, it's worth it. I don't know. For sure. And definitely, um, you know, obviously the uh, the super speedways definitely take away from the big advantage the top teams have uh, historically, mm-hmm. right? So you're more you're more prone to go in long shots. Is that when you when you look forward two weeks from now, do you anticipate having a top guy on your card, or do you think you'll you'll more so focus on sprinkling maybe a little bit down the board in the twenty thirty? And plus to one range. I'll probably throw Blaney on my card just because. Yeah. With the Penske thing. Yeah, honestly. And he's also proven that he can compete at super speedways, and he's twelve to one, which isn't terrible. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say. I was just taking the gander at that. I just kind of see what I was thinking. That's the first thing that came to mind. Where Logano and Blaney are both at twelve to one. That's it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Busch at sixteen to one seems off. Yeah. Um, you know yeah. I'm probably you know I'm probably always going to bet on Marola. No matter yeah. what his price is, and he's a twenty to one. Oh, man, um, if they had if they had Daytona five hundred poll odds, ooh. <laughs> all right, all right. Expand on that. Who, who you got for the poll? I got Eric Amarola. Or uh, who was the other one I talked about? Uh, was Brad, it right? Was it Kez? Yeah, Kez. Kez the new team owner thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a, I guess. To, to let to let the listeners know what Thomas is getting down here, Thomas is all about the storyline for the poll, the 500. Yes, so last year absolutely. he was all over Bubba for the poll. This year he's yeah. all over Almirola and, and then Brad. he got, like, second by, like, barely. Who who ended up getting the poll? I forget. Wasn't it, like, Alex yeah. Bowman or, or yeah. Byron, one of the two? Yeah, it was Bowman in the first year in the 48, and I was like, that is a better story. Dang. Yeah. But, because, like, and then, like, Tony Stewart got the poll his last year. Danica Patrick got the poll. Um... Chase Elliott got the pole his first year. I don't know. There's a lot of uh, great storylines for the pole at the Daytona 500 for it not to be like, yeah, take an extra 10 horsepower. You got it. It's just a shame that, like, we have this kind of correlation, but the pole at the Daytona 500 means, like, absolutely nothing when it comes to Oh, Alba. yeah, it means nothing. That's why I think <laughs> they don't care who gets it. Like, if they you yeah. know, tweak it for a storyline, then it's, you know. Yeah, something to run on Sports Center that, you know, mm-hmm. gets some more people. Exactly. Yeah, that that's actually probably the most uh, solid conspiracy I've ever heard in the world of sports. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll finish up this NASCAR talk with some features. Um, so currently, over on some sports books, there are uh, not ours, unfortunately, but some other prominent sports books. Uh, they have some 
um, well, obviously you have the championship odds, but one I really think mm-hmm. is very interesting is, is season win totals. They have got over-unders on season win yes. totals. Um, so I kind of asked Thomas to kind of take a look at some of the ones he liked. Um, and then if anyone listens to Full Tank with Phil, Full Tank gave his, or Phil gave his uh, picks on these as well. Um, he was all over uh, Kyle Busch and, and Tyler Reddick, so love that. Um, but yeah, yeah so, of course you do. <laughs> so yeah, I guess, um, which ones caught your eye? Which ones would you put your money on? Well, Tyler Reddick has set it a half, which I think is just ridiculous. I don't think yeah. there's a way he doesn't win a race this year, to be right. honest. Um, another one that I had kind of eyed, I Kislowski's at one and a half. I don't think he wins more than one race with a brand new team. Yeah. That was kind of something else that, uh, and then also Christopher Bell, who you know I love, is also set at uh, one half. So I think he wins at least one race this year, if not more than that. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be the co-favorite when he goes to dirt. At Bristol. Exactly. Like, that's going to be essentially a, he's got a 30% chance just to win that race alone. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And he so won he it. He doesn't him and Larson Austin. again. Yeah. That's a really good bet. Bell over a half and Reddick over a half. Yeah. I like both of those as well. Just, I mean, you can't you're parlay little... them, though. I tried. <laughs> yeah. uh, another one I thought was interesting. I think you can kind of, this is kind of going to go in the same vein, I guess, but I thought Kurt Bush at over a half. Versus Bubba at under a half. Basically saying, I think Kurt can get a win and Bubba can't mm-hmm. in this okay. car. Uh, I like those two. Uh, Ian, you might want to shut your ears for this one, but Kyle Larson, six and a half. It's a lot. Off, yeah. I'm going That's under. That's a lot of wins, yeah. Um, and then the other, only other one I had was uh, Kyle Busch, over two and a half. The guys that I, that I kind of have been hinting at is I want to go with the guys that are, are absolute wheelmen. I think Kyle Busch is one of those guys, and the fact that his is at three and a half and Larson's at six and a half, I think is is, is sorry, Kyle Busch is at two and a half. I think it's it's dumb. I think you sh- if you want to split the gap here, I think Kyle Busch can easily get three wins this year. Um, so those are the ones that I'm I'm kind of leaning on, and then obviously we're all over Ryan Blaney at the beginning of this podcast. They have been over one and a half, so basically you get two wins. Um, that, he did that last year, and he had kind of a down year. Well, I wouldn't say it was a down year, but yeah, maybe not. But uh, all right. Uh, NASCAR Series champion, rapid fire. That's my last question. Okay. Um, Let me find it. Yeah, I don't don't have the odds up, but if I just had to go without... Yeah, just rapid fire. I mean, it's it's hard. I Hamlin. Okay. I like that one. Yeah. I mean, it's first, right? Yeah, it would be his first. And he's also at plus 750, so, like, you know, not terrible value there. Yeah. A guy that made the top four last year. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Betting on like serious futures is just that'd be so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem with the problem with championship odds is like, or really I guess these over under odds too is like they're gonna be sitting in your card for so long. So you want to oh, make yeah. it you want to make it worth it if you hit it. Like you don't want to be sitting here for twenty bucks with, with two yeah. units on plus seven fifty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you want to make it so worth it. I do your have while. two long shots that I think would be fun for a series. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, Cindric and Briscoe. Because Cindric is like eighty to one, and Briscoe is hundred to one. To win everything, to win the to win the yeah, cup. to win the yeah to win the championship. I'm just super high on Cindric this year. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'd rather just bet him every race though. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's like the saying, if you're gonna bet a future. Yeah, I guess eighty to one is pretty. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous for a guy that for a Penske a car. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. When his teammates are like probably what ten to one or like ten or twelve Joey's to one. Joey's fourteen to one. Blaney is ten to one. Yeah. 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 I think Blaney. Blaney I think Blaney and Logano probably would be where my money would be. Yeah. yeah. But especially like with the car being so much more similar to a sports car that he's probably more comfortable driving it anyway. Mm-hmm. I just don't see him. I don't see him being an eighty to one driver. He might not win the championship, but I don't see him being an eighty to one driver. Right. The blind value is there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe catches lightning ball in the playoffs, makes the final eight, final mm-hmm. four, and then exactly, you can yeah, you, yeah. you get some Literally anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. So you think you think Cedric makes playoffs first year? Yeah. Like not what even a doubt. I, I think he wins two races this year, maybe. Okay. Full so you sure. think he's like legit, like legit contender? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he's a lot to make playoffs. It's yeah. it's gonna be that it's like gonna be that. Playoffs, I don't think is a question. Yeah, I'm it's that they it, have those odds. It's the twelve that round of twelve round of eight cutoff where it's going to be tough. But 
if he makes it through, Thomas is right. I mean, all you got to do is get to, you just got to be a guy in that top four and you have a chance. Mm-hmm. So that, that 80 to one turns to eight to one real fast. Yeah. And he should have won in Phoenix last year over Hemrick. Yep. So he's got the, he's got the positive track history. Mm-hmm. All right. Last note. And then we're closing out. So, uh, I think me and Ian kind of talked about this uh, for, for the golf guests later on this year, but I kind of want to incorporate something for NASCAR too. So, Thomas, I'm kind of springing this on you, but it's nothing difficult. Okay. But there's a, a game in golf that's called One and Done. So it's basically once you pick a golfer to win a tournament, you can't pick him again for the rest of the year. And however mm-hmm. he finishes, you get that purse, and you kind of calculate your purse the whole season. So I kind of want to do something similar for NASCAR, but we're not going to call it one and done because let's be honest, 37 different racers, there's only 36 guys in the field yeah. from week to week. So we're going to call it the alternator challenge instead of one and done. And I'm going to say that me or the guests can't pick the same driver more than three times in the year. So that kind of limits us a little bit. So if you had to pick your one and done driver and you're knocking out, you're knocking off a peg off of one driver for all of our guests for the rest of the season, who's that driver for this week? Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to everybody who comes yeah. on later, but yeah. RP to everyone that has uh that has a road course road course yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess for myself, I don't want to really use the top name and I've got some deep shots on my betting card, so why not use one of these deep shots? I think I think I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go with Brad. I'm gonna go with Brad as my, my first okay. one. Okay. And you're pretty high on him too, so that's I know that's tough for you. I mean that's a commitment. Yeah. Yeah, but if we're not using them three times, hopefully. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't think of many of the times I'm going to pick him other than maybe a few short tracks in the Super Speedway, like Talladega. Yeah. So, all right. So yeah, I think. You have all one and done for us, Thomas. I do not, unfortunately. <laughs> that's okay. I didn't have time. I didn't have time to do it. Um, <laughs> oh, brother, that was a complete joke. I really meant to. No, it's all good, brother. It's all good. As long as you, as long as you ride with us on Maverick Manila this week and. uh Watch him take it on Pebble Beach. Can do. All right. Well, right now, what's the name? McNeely. Matt McNeely. Yeah. At flag underscore hunting. You can find the full card. <laughs> oh, okay. The plug. The plug. Oh, that's actually all right. Good point. Good point, Thomas. I guess if you wanna if you wanna plug your socials, now's your time. Uh, I'm not really super active on them, but uh, my Twitter is the one I'm probably the most active. It's a it's essentially a Patriots fan Twitter. Um, <laughs> it can evolve. It's X one seven three Thomas X. Yes, I can get involved. Yeah, we're in NASCAR season now, so you can uh, you can give your um, your narrative base poll winner every week and see how many you hit. Yeah, narrative base poll winner. That's a good point. I'll make I'll create my own odds. There's no Let's way I it. can't lose. All right, I lose. <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, exactly. You can run. You can book your own bets. All right. Well. I think that'll uh, that'll do it for this week. Thomas, we appreciate you coming on with us. And, and I'm sure this won't be the last time. I'm sure we'll have you on a few other times this year. Hopefully, uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so best of luck in the betting world this year. And best of luck to Cindric and Bell and Priest. 80 to yes. 1, baby. It's oh, already in. Priest. All it right, is. guys. That'll, uh, that'll wrap us up for this week's episode All of Flag right. Hunting. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for having me. Peace out, guys.